Don't get too much rain on a road to hell. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the Leprechaun Artist. Uh, you know, for a, a comedy segment, it was okay. And you know, also be careful what you wish for and also don't tackle little people. I think that's I think that's the bigger lesson. Don't go tackling little people because they might be a leprechaun, but also that's violence. So I think that's the thing we should learn from that. I think that's still the important lesson. Right. I, I, yeah, especially uh, pay attention to not doing violent crimes to people in general, <laughs> yeah, no matter what their size are, or yeah. if you think they're leprechauns or not, like, just don't do that. It's like, Oh, that guy's seven foot tall. He must be six leprechauns. Let's go tackle him. We'll get all those wishes, you know, <laughs> stacked on top of each other, yeah, yeah. on top of each other, right. And a trench coat. No. Um, so yeah, welcome to strange highways. This is an anthology based, uh, podcast in which we have been covering the twilight zone. Uh, we covered the original series. Go back and listen to that. We covered, um, the more recent stuff that, uh, you can go find it to go rent to watch the two seasons that are produced for uh, Paramount Plus. They're out there, and we're now uh, in the 80s. So I, I'd say we cover them in order. So it's weird that we were in the 60s, then we went to you know the 2000s, and now we're in the 80s. But such is life. Uh, we are uh, almost at the end of season one. We still got a few more segments to go, but we're on season one, episode 19, segment B, Dead Run. Um, we talked about Dan Day stuff with uh, the Leprechaun artist last week. So, Terry, who do we got? Who did what here? Okay, so our, uh, our director on this is Paul Tucker. Uh, I, for some reason, forgot to do my notes on Paul Tucker. Okay, so. I'll pick it up here. So, one great, great first name. <laughs> Love it. Um, the, he directed two segments of The Twilight Zone. Has five other credits, just some TV work. It turns out he was like one of the the, the big um, financial guys behind um, the series, meaning like he was one watching budgets for CBS. Uh, so what happened was that he had actually done some other work. Like he did some work like, um, I don't know, probably some like, like second unit or lower on like the first Superman film. So he had a little bit of like technical know-how, how to do some of this stuff. And so whenever the story was brought in to be, uh, like, you know, considered for this iteration of the twilight zone, he went to Phil Daguerre and all the other guy, that's the, the other guy behind all this and was like, Hey, you know, I really want to direct this. And they're ba- basically the, the, the powers that be were like, uh, we're not going to tell the guy that controls the budgets. No, you know, that he can't direct some of the TV here. So basically like, if, like, if that's what you want to do. So that's how he kind of got into it. Cause he was the one that was watching all the money that was being spent by CBS for the show. I, I have some questions about his choices here. It, well, but, uh, um, Phil DeGear did too, as well during the commentary track. We'll get there when we get there, but see, yeah, and then he yeah. will come back. I don't know. I, 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 I'm sorry if I didn't hear it, but he will come back 
for, for one other episode. one other segment yeah <laughs> so yeah so so much for if there is some real questions about his abilities or non uh but yeah uh, and then the uh the storyline and here's where i'm lacking again greg bear did the story for mm-hmm. this um yeah. yeah we just recently uh lost this gentleman too and 2022 yeah i'm seeing so actually i take that back uh it was alan brennert that did the commentary because he wrote the, the teleplay for this which we, we talk about him many times he's written like a lot of like he's one of the producers right but he this is his 10th of 12 things that he's done teleplays for for the series he went to phil daguerre and was like yeah uh paul wants to direct this and feels like i have i have no say in the matter basically meaning if this is going to happen I don't want to be anywhere near this type of thing, which I think is funny. But so uh, uh, Greg Bear, he wrote over 50 books in total. Um, the, the, one of his stories, which became a novel called, called Blood Music, uh, was published in uh, June of 83, uh, which originally was a short story uh, that was published. And then it got turned into a book or a novelette. Uh, and it won uh, the Nebula Award in 83. Sorry. Uh, the story won the Nebula Award 83 and the Hugo Award 84. So the guy is actually an award-winning science fiction horror author. This is his only til- TV or film adaptation of any of his work. Yeah, it, and uh, we definitely have quite a bit to say about it. So we'll get back to that in yeah. a moment here. But uh, to uh, get to our cast here, uh, we have uh, Steve Railsback. He plays Johnny Davis. He was in uh, the, I, I think this was probably the earliest adaptation of Helter Skelter. And he was, um, he was Charlie Manson in it. So he was also Ed Gein in an Ed Gein uh, film in the, the mid 2000s. And he was also in Life Force, if anybody's ever seen that Toby Hooper vampire film. Uh, not just a Toby Hooper vampire film, a Toby Hooper space vampire film. I mean, sorry. Toby, space vampires. Toby Hooper space naked lady vampire film. Wait, Toby Hooper uh, naked lady space vampire Jean-Luc Picard vampire film. It's very a, interesting yeah. film. If that hasn't built it up enough, it, it is, <laughs> it is not a perfect work, but there are sites to be seen. And I'm not talking about, well, cause we, it, we talked about her. I think the young lady that was in, um, Oh, that one segment dreams for sale. I think that was her. No, that wasn't her. There, there's that a very striking it. female that's in life force. Uh, but it's like, it's a weird choice to have her just walk around naked for most of the movie. But it, anyway, um, it's a Canon produced film. They thought they were going to make a bunch of money. You watch the film. You can see why this didn't make a bunch of money. Well, Mr. Railsback has a, an, a, like a very interesting career. He's been a lot of like, um, I, I guess you would say genre film. So if you want to take a look at his filmography, there's something there you probably have seen. Honestly, <laughs> He's a very recognizable character actor. And those are the three things that I honestly, I was like, eh, eh, if there's something to talk about here, it's those. <laughs> yeah. And also he was in two episodes of X-Files, which I thought you would um, appreciate. Yeah. Love X-Files. Uh, but uh, yeah, next here, I uh, want to list off uh, uh, Barry Corbin. He plays Pete Skavitsky. Uh, uh, it's hard S- to pronounce. Sikovich? I don't know. He, play, he, Tru- he plays he, Pete. He plays <laughs> Trucker Pete. You know. Yeah, Trucker Pete. Um, he was... He's actually still acting. So he was most recently in uh, Tulsa King with Sly, Sly Stallone. And then uh, he was in uh, Urban Cowboy. So that's the thing I immediately recognized him from. It was the voice, if anything, because in this, he has a big old beard. Mm-hmm. And I've never really seen him with that much facial hair. 
but yeah, so he's um, he is an urban cowboy. He's also in Stir Crazy. And to bring it back to your Kreitz create uh, like little connection there, he's in Critters too. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I didn't. I did not come up with the Critters. Critters is I life. Should. Critters is life. Um, I just like that. That's our secret religion. Every time Critters is mentioned, Critters is life. As as yeah, you are. Some people have the spaghetti yeah. monster. Yeah. We have Critters, and it's like may may the giant ball of Kreitz come to you. I, so, <laughs> um, yeah, like he was also recently, um, what was it? on um, better call Saul in like the last season. Uh, it just, he has like, like he's in for two episodes. He, he's an important character, but he's not really, he's there for a reason, but it's not like he's like a main character, but uh, he, he's kind of in the, his, his Wolford Brimley stage now where he's just a, has the big white handlebar mustache. He looks um, yeah. just like Wilfred Wilford Brimley yeah. before he passed. What if he, what if we just call him Wilford Brimley Jr. Now, what if that was like, what if I just <laughs> wonder if this is like, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I wonder if this was like the twin brothers, that uh, the, the, the ones that smash the watermelons. Oh, the, yeah, like, he's, he's the other Gallagher. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's the, the other Gallagher. He's just taking over the he, roles that yeah, he, he was, he was, um, Jimford, uh, Brimley and he just wanted to be, he wanted to be something else. Right. So he, he just took on. <laughs> Yeah, he took on a different name. Uh, but yeah, uh, other things he was known for was Northern Exposure, which was a big big deal at the time in War Games. So, all right. Yeah, uh, very recognizable dude. Um, like, and, yeah. Again, uh, notable for his 80s career, especially. Uh, like, uh, just look at his filmography, you would know. Like, mm-hmm. any which way, but uh, any which way you can, he's also in as well. So, but uh, yeah, so then moving on here, we... E.B. I, I guess it's E.B. Rowe Smith. Mm-hmm. I think it's how it's pronounced. Uh, Gary Frick. He plays. He was in uh, Turn and Hooch. That's another connection that we've talked about recently. Uh, he was in Falling Down. Incredible film. Um, and then also in an episode of Amazing Stories. So the thing you you, you skipped over and you may not realize this is that I be, like he did write the screenplay for Falling Down, and I believe he wrote the screenplay for Turn and Hooch. Good lord, I did not notice that well thank you for bringing that to the table which i i love falling down that film was very challenging as it came out i would say the film itself isn't problematic i I would say that people watching it could definitely take the wrong lessons from it even like today that's very fair yeah I, i think people with the right head on their shoulders would understand that film a lot better i mean it's like the same people that would watch American history acts. So <laughs> they're like, you know what? Like that Ed Norton, he had, you know, he made some good points until, until the midpoint, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like the same people would be like watching fight club. It's like, you know, um, project mayhem, there was some good ideas there. Like, okay, calm down. Mm. But yeah, falling yeah. down, falling <laughs> like, down is a so, hell of a film. I, I love that film, but it, it is, it's a, it's a tough watch. Michael Douglas is amazing in it. Um, oh, and, um, unhinged oh, and, and shit. Uh, um, yeah. what's his name? Uh, you know, the other guy, you know, the, the one that, you know, Robert Duvall. <laughs> Yeah, him, you know, because I couldn't remember names now. Uh, from um, the original cast. Yeah, of, uh, uh, The Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah, he Robert Duvall's so great in that, too. He has one of the best in lines in that movie that I can't repeat here because we're trying to not say the F word. But, yeah, it, um, I love Falling Down. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing film. It, it's definitely one of those films that um, if you watch it as a kid and really didn't get it, you would understand being a, uh, you know, like part of the working class <laughs> and understand it a lot more now. So. Yes. Yeah, you could understand, do maybe you could sympathize with Michael Douglas's character to a point, but <laughs> don't do those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> defense, you keep your loved ones yeah. close. Yeah, right. Um, so, um, and also, but, uh, uh, don't, don't um, go to 
uh, military surplus stores when you're carrying a, um, a snow globe with you. Cause that will cause problems anyway, neither here nor there. What else do, who else do we have? Uh, so, uh, next here I have at least, uh, cause I, I, I took my notes a little differently from what, uh, IMDB, uh, and also Wikipedia have. So, mm-hmm. uh, Paul will chime in when he needs to. So, uh, James Lashley, I guess this is pronounced. Yes. Uh, he plays Merle. He has one more episode that we'll be talking about in the future, but he was also in the cinematic classic Howard the Duck. There we go. I I have that in my notes, bit part in Howard the Duck. You know, Cleveland own Cleveland's own Howard the Duck, and then a lot You're of damn TV. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what like uh, what was it? Was the line like Cleveland or whatever he says in the movie? Like what what is Cleveland anyway? <laughs> uh, and then next is uh, John D. Lastly. Uh, 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 you're talking, um, okay, let me go. It's, it's, um, John Delancey. Yeah. Delancey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays dispatcher. So we'll see him for a, a minute here. It gets a little bit more of a screen time, but, uh, lots of days of our lives, like 512 episodes to be fat, uh, like factual here. Um, and then also in episodes of, uh, Star Trek, the card. So a little bit well, more recent he, stuff. So I know you're not as Star Trek-y as, as I am, and I'm not saying that I'm the biggest Star Trekker, um, but he plays a character called Q, which is like this omnipotent like intelligence uh, mm-hmm. that he would be kind of like, he was always fascinated with Picard in the next generation where he would kind of put him through the paces. And, you know, there was like almost like they were like frenemies, like with the way they, like he would just kind of screw with Picard. And so he, th- this is like his biggest claim to fame is being Q. Um, and so then they brought him back for Picard, uh, for like, I think season two, which I've not gotten to, but yeah, very recognizable, uh, has done a lot of voice work and animation in video games. No surprise. Cause he has that kind of voice. Uh, he, and he was in, um, uh, four episodes of breaking bad. Again, another character that was very important to the story. Um, he, uh, his, um, uh, his, his poor decision-making leads to some really bad things happening. And that's that series, but yeah. Uh, John Delancey, not our only Star Trek uh, connection uh, here in the cast. Yeah. So, and then the last uh, cast member I'm going to mention, but Paul will take over here in a moment. Uh, uh, Paul Jenkins, he plays trucker number three. He was in an episode of Night Gallery, which will bring it kind of back a little bit. And then uh, he was also in Chinatown. So. And Tales from the Dark Side. So uh, who else I want to mention here real quick? There's so many people listed here. You'll find yeah, out while we talk about the episode. There's a lot of people here. Uh, John D. LeMay plays the, the – he's listed as gay man, which we'll talk about later. Uh, in the late 80s, he became known uh, – this is what I thought you'd pick up, Terry. Uh, he was, he was the, one of the main leads in Friday the 13th, the, t- the TV series. Um, for like two seasons. And then he went on to play Stephen Freeman and Jason goes to hell the final Friday. So there we go. There's your Friday 13th connection for both the show and the series, the actual movie series. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, uh, Rich Brinkley is middle-aged man. Throw a dart. Uh, there's a lot of them in here. Um, was in Dr. Mordred. Just want to bring up just, yeah, I, I still need to see that uh, uh, Dr. Strange, not so much Dr. Strange film with uh, Jeffrey Combs. Um, cabin boy and some episodes of being the beast. Brett Spiner plays the draft dodger. He's data from star Trek. Um, like you, you see him at the end with the glasses. He's the one that was like, Hey, you know, I shouldn't be here either. That's data. So knowing that he and John Delancey were in this, like what, three years before next generation started is kind of insane. He was also an independence day. And, uh, he, at the time he was playing a uh, reoccurring character on night court. Um, but yeah, he was also an episode of tales from the dark side. Um, 
Gertrude Flynn was elderly woman. Uh, I think she was the librarian that we saw at the end. She was an episode of Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock presents, um, a film called, uh, devil dog, the hound of hell, which I now need to see. That sounds amazing. Uh, she played Rose Kramer in an episode of the original series. Uh, will the real Martian please stand up, which is one of the last episodes of season two, if I recall of the original series. So there you go. That's an actual, um, star Trek, sorry, star Trek, um, twilight zone connection. Another one that I thought you'd pick up on, uh, it's, it's, it's a blink and miss it, Terry, but Brian Libby plays employee number one. He was Floyd in the Shawshank Redemption. He's the, 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 you know, the kid that like, looks like uh, Elvis, I think, right? The one that ends up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we lost him a few years or a yeah. couple of years ago, too. And he I was the bi- he was out. the main biker in the mist where he was like, I'll walk out there. And then half of him comes back, right? <laughs> um, he was also in Heat. Yes. Uh, so uh, Bradley Fisher as Ferret. Uh, he's going to be in the upcoming Ari uh, Fleischer film, Bo is Afraid. He was in Westworld. Uh, Jimmy Skaggs. Um, I don't, I don't have his character name. I'm going to guess it wasn't important. He was in puppet master and then anybody else here. Let's see here. Um, no, there's a, a lot of people here. It's like, there's just, you know, it's a living, but I wanted to make sure that at least we mentioned, um, you know, data. And then we got our actual twilight zone connection from the original series. So there we go. Um, let's just get into this. Let's just get into dead run. So, so Terry, where are we? When we get it. We begin dead run because the beginning of this is a little confusing. Yeah, we kind of like we get like a nicer kind of country road setting, and we get uh, a bigger truck hauling something. We're not quite sure yet, and there is a, a a convertible that is playing a little bit of a truth or dare in a sense, like chicken. Of like which, yeah. yeah, like which lane do you want to be in? So like the truck is trying to get around them, but they're going into a curve. And then all of a sudden, the the car tries to outspeed him to get through the curb. And like, there, there's like, I, I'm a little confused. What do you think the outcome is here? Because you hear a little bit of like, what might have been an accident, but not so much. Yeah, it's almost as if this person was a first time director of a TV show and couldn't quite get it across the finish line there. Um, so yeah, so Johnny's the truck driver. I picked this up on the second time through because at first I thought. I didn't know if we were supposed to be focusing on the driver of the sports car or the driver of the truck. And we don't really see either party very clear, but as the truck is trying to pass this car, like, you know, on this country road, like you mentioned, um, there is a series of like cyclists, like five, six, seven of them. Like they look like they're, you know, toward a France or toward Ohio or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. So, um, so basically what happens is because since they're both occupying both lanes, they cause the cyclists to go off, off road. I thought there was going to be a much more massive accident. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I, I almost didn't feel like it was necessary to talk about the kind yeah. of like the, the guys on the side of the road doing the bicycle, uh, run because it's like, they didn't seem that much affected by it. Like they seem more inconvenienced. Yeah. Well, they, like, cause well, thankfully nothing ha- that happened, I guess. And they even cut to later. We end up, we end up meeting Johnny in full, uh, like sitting at a strip club, which is the worst strip club ever. Um, cause I like uh, just, <laughs> and probably just, the worst place to talk about an accident you guys just got into or yeah. possibly have gotten into like, Hey, let's talk about it over beer. Let's just, you know what? Like I, I make questionable decisions on the road, driving very large trucks, um, beers and, um, like, I just felt bad for the lady they brought out to be the dancer. Cause like, I, that's, I think that's how I would dance if I was on stage. 
Like just doing like that's the, usually how I dance yeah, in general. Yeah. So uh, yeah, especially when I go to the goth club. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, what do you put on that V of E Nation? We'll get down anyway. So yeah, V of E Nation, uh, right? Yeah, there we go. Anyway, so <laughs> just somehow we just bonded. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, um, so Johnny's talking to Pete about like what happened, and so like, okay, so there there's a little bit here that like it, it works out. It works its way through the rest of the episode, but he's like, I don't know, man. He's like, that's like my fourth accident in like two years. He's like, no, no insurance company wants to like, you know, carry me. And I'm like, well, no shit. If you're taking risks like this, you're, you know, you're a commercial trucker. Like that's bad news. Right. And then like, and Pete's like, well, maybe stop being a trucker. And, and, and then Johnny's like, well, it's all I know. And if I can't drive a truck, I don't know what to do. It's like, well, maybe you should have thought about that two accidents before. I mean, just. Pro tip, but anyway, and, yeah, go ahead. And this setup, this setup seems very innocent. So, like, what we're about to get into is very, very surprising. Yeah. I was not expecting what we were gonna like get here in the next like I don't know thirty seconds. Yeah, but, but I like that like Johnny, who is clearly a, an at risk driver, right? And he's not learned his lesson, but he's supposed to be the character that we will be sympathetic with for the rest of the show, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's almost like I think it would have been better if this is the one time that he's minding his own business and like the other car causes him to end up running some cyclists off the road or whatever, meaning like he was doing everything to avoid the accident, but caused another one where he's like, you know, listen, I've been trying to walk the straight and narrow. I know I screwed up, but this one was not my fault. But however, I'm now uninsurable. I think that would have played better. Basically being like, I've been trying to do better, but I still screwed up. And now people think that I'm a screw up still. I think that would have been a better setup. Anyway, uh, Pete's like, you know, well, then stop being a trucker. And then Johnny's like, well, but my dad told me that, you know, like whenever, like, if, like, uh, like if anything ever goes wrong, Pete will help you out. You know, our good friend, uh, Pete Brimfley here, uh, Brimfley, I don't know what that means, but Wilford Brimley, <laughs> Pete, Pete Brimfley, uh, that's his name now. He's like, and then Pete's like, well, he's like, yeah, he's like, I wasn't like, cause he's basically saying I was in a hard place at one point. He's like, I like, I was a drunk and you know, like I, you know, like I screwed up a lot, but I, you know, I did find steady work. I can get you steady work. However, you need to know ahead of time. You're not going to like it. You're like, this is like, if you're, if I, if I take you under my wing and show you what I do, like, this is your last chance. And it's like, you're, you like, just be ready. Like, you know, like, I think Pete was being very upfront about like, uh, you know, th- this, you're, you're about to, <laughs> you're about to see some shit. Are you ready for it? And then Johnny's like, well, all right, I guess so. You know, <laughs> whatever. Let's go look at that woman stripping. Right. So then Pete agrees to bring him on his run that he's doing like his, 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 like his route that he runs with his truck. And Johnny was also like, Hey, um, what about insurance? And he's like, don't worry. We're self-insured. Like, to to be like I understand who he's working for, but that's just funny to me. That's like yeah, we're self insured. Well, no shit. We'll find out later. But yeah, this is whenever uh, Pete takes uh, Johnny with him on his 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 most recent trip to go pick up his cargo. So this is what caught you off guard. So please talk about it. Like this is where when I started watching this, is like I cannot wait to talk Terry about this episode. Okay, so he starts finding out that the cargo he's carrying are people well yeah they go to but an then, they go to an annex to go pick up the cargo right and like, yeah so like yeah so like being at this annex where he's like getting his cargo again which are people some of these people are being handled in kind of a i i, I guess like a, a really rude way they're being shoved around and he has something to say about it 
which Pete already told him, and it, this will come back here in a moment, that, like, do as I do, listen to me, and nothing's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So they, he starts questioning some of the people, some of these guys in the, these, yeah, like, the, silver the people, suits. The, yeah, these, the people are miserable. They're moaning. They're crying. It's it's miserable, right? And the, But, yeah, there's yeah. these dudes with, like, silver suits. They're wearing, like – um. I don't know, like kind of fakey the like, helmets with yeah. like the visor halfway down for some damn reason. It looks like they're part of like what rejects from THX 1138 or whatever. Right. So yeah. Like free Jack type <laughs> shit. Like it's <laughs> yes. ridiculous. Like I love how the future and somehow hell have kind of combined their efforts together. It's here. like, yeah, but what if you look like a baked potato, but like with a visor? <laughs> like, yeah. what if we look like a uh, uh, with a jippy pop? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, how else are you going to like? Just it works, right? Because like, yeah. how do you convey it? Uh, yeah, it's it's like what our conception of of hell or what possibly even the future is is completely ridiculous in the eighties. Uh, I, I'm just going to put it out there. You could just make it up. Just, just make it up, you know? And that's what they did yeah. for most of the time. So, and these guys so are carrying like blue electric whips and they have, uh, like you don't see their eyes initially cause they have like bad skin and, and yeah. And, and they, and they light their cigarettes with their hands with the it's, palm, yeah. right? Like their palm is like, if, if, um, if the old car cigarette lighter was a person, you know, like the one you just like the car cigarette lighter, you push in and wait for a minute and pull it out and light your cigarette. If this was, if this was a physical person, that's what this person would look like. It'd look like a car cigarette lighter, right? And they light it with the palm if, of their if hand. If JK Rollins was writing what the version of hell would be, this is what she would do somehow. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Um, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is like somehow, um, adjacent to everything she has written. But I also but like, like that. It, like, I like the piece. Silly. Like he's like, um, yeah, I keep cigarettes on you. He's like, why? He's like, cause they like them. And you can like, you know, like basically he's like all these people, like the, the people, they, they call them cancer sticks. Yeah. I'm sure they probably couldn't call them cigarettes. Yeah, well, that actually, that, that wasn't the problem with the episode that, the, the um, that CBS had with it. I'll, I'll get to that later. Uh, okay. so, um, yeah, the, cause it's something funny that actually, like I heard in the commentary that they actually ended up doing to, to, to get around it. It's really funny, but, uh, but like the, these handlers, right. Like, um, like Pete would actually just use the cigarettes to kind of like, you know, build favor and be like, make a, make a smooth transition. But as Johnny's looking at these people that are distressed and sad and how they're being manhandled, he's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And then, then, um, Pete just goes over and pulls like a small knife out of his belt buckle. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. I was like. I'm just going over to this one dude and be like, stab, 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 stab in the stomach and be like, see, the they, don't, they don't feel anything. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like they're not happy about it. He's just like, like, dude, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like, it's very that, upsetting, right? How, like how matter like, of fact he goes over and does zombified. it. Like yeah. there, there was like a weird, um, relation between that character and like what he's doing to him. And then every other person that is on their ride, just it's to like, say, like that briefly yeah. on their ride to go where they need to go next. So, so like, he's just yeah. like stabbing a mannequin pretty much. Like, yeah. Well, the whole thing is like, um, like, well, you ever see those videos of like the overweight guys that are like, they, they, they think they're like self-defense gurus and they go up to like slabs of meat and like cut it. They're like, oh, is, look at me. I'm pretty cool. Right. That's what it are you like. talking about Steven Seagal. Yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would have been like, Oh, I'm too, I'm too good for this. You stab yourself. I'll just watch you. Um, so, um, and I'll just sit here and sweat. Uh, but, um, <laughs> 
Uh, so he, like, so the, the, I will say this too about the idea of like the level of awareness that these people have for their, where they're at. It, it shifts around. Like it's never quite clear, whatever. It's fine. It's just that Pete's yeah. trying to show Johnny's like, like, yeah, you're going to feel bad, but that like, like it's past the point of assistance. And this is the job. The job is we're loading these people up like from this annex. We're putting them in this truck and we're driving them to a location. And as they're driving, um, it starts raining where they're like, where they're at. Because one, one John, Johnny's confused. Cause he's like, I don't recognize anything that's going on. Like road signs or like whatever. And, and then Pete's like, well, that's what happens when you cross over. And Johnny's like, Oh, well, that's a weird thing to say. But then it starts raining and everybody's like, you know, you hear them like crying cause it's raining and he's, he feels sad about it. He's like, should we like pull over and like put something over them? And Pete's like, you're not listening to me. He's like, these people are basically toxic waste. Like we just need to move them we got to get rid of them. Like they had their life. Um, you know, it's over for them. We're, we're taking them where they need to go, which is yeah, hell. I, I, yeah. I hope they had the right placards on their truck because, you know, uh, shifting around biohazard stuff right now, it's kind of a touchy situation here in the United I, States. I can't, like, okay. So at this point in time, which every day now we hear of a new train derailment because, you know, reasons, right? If yeah, it seems to be like yeah growing exponentially yeah like, it's, al- it's almost as if there's an underlying right infrastructure problem and staffing problem that we don't want to address as a, as a public uh, anyway Interesting. Uh, yeah weird right uh but it'd been like oh this truck turned over and like you know 30 people fell out that could get stabbed right like like if it was just people falling out of a truck I'm like truckers yeah everybody had been like yeah everybody had been like oh well thank goodness like at least it didn't get into the groundwater you know what <laughs> like that's probably what it had been. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I think I like, I like hazardous material souls damn to hell. That should be a separate tag on the back of the truck. Right. Um, yeah, above, it, it, above it, the mud flaps with the fancy silver ladies on them, which we saw a few times. I, right. How, how many times did they need to show that too? Like, what was the point of that? It's trucker like, life. We understand man. there. Yeah. But like, Trucker life, man. Really did you say that multiple times? Uh, Like, uh, come on, Terry. It's a truck. We we know we we know we know the the sacred motto of the road: gas, grass, or ass. No one rides for free. We know that, right? So, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, I like that. Like, so he's trying to tell Johnny, he's trying basically, he's like, he's being very straightforward about like, yeah, our job is to take like those that have died and just, we're, we're going to take them to hell. And he's like, well, okay. Like, but why He's like, well, like they've been deemed that they're like, they're, these are bad, toxic people. And basically he's like, you got to move the toxic waste and get it out. And there's a brief bit where he talks about how different parts of the world deal with it differently, which is kind of a weird thing to talk about. But I like the idea that's building this mythology about how they said something like, was it in like Central America? You'd see like these buses traveling at nighttime, like these old school buses. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet that you see that sometimes, right? You see trucks in the middle of the night and you see whatever else is going on in the world. I like the idea that puts that little seed of doubt in your brain that if you're just driving in the middle of the night, like wherever you are in the world and you see something kind of out of place, you're like, oh, wait, is that, is, is are those like souls going to hell or is that just, you know, uh, a Walmart delivery, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I like the idea that there's that kind of weird, like localization of how they've handled the problem. I thought that was a nice little weird detail that didn't need to be there, but I like that. No, it's interesting because like, especially like when you're younger, the big box, uh, you know, stores didn't really exist so mm-hmm. much. So you would like sit there and especially in those trucks that were perforated, like, you know, like 
why is air getting into those? What's yeah. in those trucks? I don't know what that, what that is. It's like, is it people so, or is it horses going to Arby's? We don't know where they're going. Um, but yeah, it's, but it's just, I don't know. There, there's always that thing where we've always had these situations where we're driving in the middle of the night on a highway for one reason or another. And it's like, it's so dark and everything's quiet. And it's like, sometimes you see things you're like, like, does that even make sense? And I'm not saying that it's the supernatural, but your brain starts to wander. And I like that, um, that the story kind of hints that like, well, maybe what you're seeing isn't what you, th- you know, what you think you're seeing. Maybe it's something more. I thought that was a cool idea. Well, and I think that like certain ghost stories have passed along like campfires mm-hmm. here and there that like, I mean, even when I went camping way back in the day, it's like we had certain stories that like kind of like passed around. It's like, didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's like, but it made you like really think, I mean, you're like 13, 14 years old. You're like, well, I don't know how I explain it. Right. So, uh, so then as we're like, we're, we're going through this, like part of this, this run, uh, we ended up going to a truck stop and I love, um, what was the line here that I wrote? Um, Oh, um, even on the road to hell. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, well, cause it, actually at one point Pete tells him it doesn't matter because like Johnny's worrying about the, the people getting rained on and he says they're all Pergo, which I thought like, I, I kind of, I'm a sucker for like kind of slang that if it's the, like you eventually pick up what he's saying. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but then, um, yeah, it's like wherever you have truck drivers, you have truck stops, which yeah, that's, like, close enough. Fair enough. You know, like a point to you, sir. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and I like, um, the name of, I have, I took a screenshot of it. Where is it at? Oh, that's from personal demons. We never, we won't speak about that. Um, where is it at? Um, it is, uh, the truck stop is named, uh, the good intentions cafe. Which I think is funny because the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So that's kind of yeah, fun. And somehow I feel like they actually found a diner called that too. <laughs> <laughs> has, there has you know, to be out there. Like, like the neon just like falls away and it says Waffle House. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah. So then they go to the Good Intentions Cafe, and then there's other like there's some rumbling amongst other truckers that are running like they're they're doing this run that there's rumors that there like there's some um outbursts like there's like troubles happening right in hell amongst um, amongst possible union non-union members I don't it's like really kind of yeah I, I, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of it, scary here a actually. little bit right because like the one guy's like well I've heard there's problems and then the other guy's like they always take care of it whatever you know like give me my grits and then and, um, he just wanted to beat on his chest like like yeah. I don't know because <laughs> It was, it was like, actually even like while Pete and Johnny are sitting in here, it kind of gets testy for a second. And the way that they respond to their questions too, they're like, Oh, just worry about your own. Yeah. Look out for number one. It's like there, there's, there's, there it's, I think it's kind of showing that there's a hard heartedness that you have to be, to be like, basically, you know, um, the truck driver for the river sticks, right. Faring the souls yeah. across. So it's like, you kind of like, like, um, there, not that I don't know, like there's certain jobs that people have in life where you have to kind of turn, turn your humanity off to do. And I'm not saying like some of that. Well, there's quite a bit of jobs. Yeah. I actually know somebody who is a, um, works for a funeral home. So yeah, it's and like, that, that is, that is their passion. And it's like, good on you because I could never. Yeah. And the, but at the same time, it's like, but they're not, they're not turning their, their humanity off because they're an evil person. It's just that right. there are certain things that you have to process differently. Right. Like, um, I, I have friends that are, you know, nurses and, and doctors or whatever. I'm sure 
there is so much dark humor that runs amongst them because you have to have something right to just to get through. Right. Cause I'm sure mm-hmm. there's so much sadness that happens there. Um, and even in, you know, in the real world with the job I do every so often I run across things that I'm like, Oh, that's really messed up moving along. You know, it's like, you got to have, there's, there's certain things that just happen. So with these truckers being like, look out for yourself, you know, it, it, as much as the system is broken, we'll get there when we get there. It's probably not the worst way to be. It's probably served a number of them for quite a while. Right. So, but things are changing, but I also like that. Yeah. The veneer is cracking. Yeah. I also like the idea that this is also that this, uh, this cafe is staffed with also hell people, like people that are servants of like hell. Cause you have like the waitresses with their big beehive hairdos also lighting cigarettes with palm of their hand, which this is, this is so reminiscent to, I don't know if you've ever seen the film, but highway to hell. I've not. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, have you seen it? No, I've not. Oh, it's 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 it is so ridiculous. Uh, ben Stiller's actually in it, um, and uh, so is uh, the chick from The Runaways. Um, what's her face? Uh, the guitarist, uh, blonde hair. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to derail this, but if if you, if you ever seen that, there are certain themes that are going on in this that kind of remind me of this. And it's like, I'm kind of uh, glad Christy that Swanson, I, is that who you're talking about? She's in that. No, no, no. Oh yeah. She's in that as well. But, uh, no, the, uh, she, she, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Close, close your eyes was one of her big hits. Um, 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 all right. Really? Uh, cause I see, I see Ben Stiller. I see Jerry Stiller. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Yeah. Jerry Stiller's in as well. Um, uh, let's see here. Anyway, continue. I'm looking up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She was in a runaways. Um, I can't remember her name. Either the, way. The actual band, The Runaways? Yeah. Okay. Con- continue on, please. But yeah, nonetheless, it's a, it's, it's a fun film. If you consider like what's going on in this, like there are some connections because like the, the highway to hell, the road to hell, and like people trying to escape it, um, which we're kind of getting into here. But like, I think there were some really interesting uh, themes that were connecting towards it. But yeah, was it uh, Sherry Curie? Is that who you're talking about? Uh, maybe I'm not saying because I'm looking at the uh, members of the Runaways. We've got Joan Jett, Sandy West, Mickey Steele, Lita Ford. Um, Lita Ford, I believe, is okay. in it. Right, I then, could then, be wrong. Okay, but nonetheless, yes. Ben Stiller, Jerry Stiller. That's the big thing. So I'm kidding. Anyway, so I love, I love this Good Intentions Cafe where it's like, even you know, even on this like long haul run, it's like, oh, you guys still have a truck stop, and you guys still have like, you know, you got to get your garbage plate, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, uh, and then it's like, but also before Johnny comes in, um, you know, Pete's like, go check out the fifth wheel, or whatever, and he goes and he's like trying to check like truck stuff, and then everybody's reaching out and be like, help us, help us, which. Um, I don't know about you. Were you, did you get like a little bit of a flash from twilight zone, the movie whenever, um, they're the first segment. Yeah. Um, like I'm not even supposed to be here to yeah. help me. Like, uh, yeah. like all these people, they're being transported. Like, which in that, in that instance, it was the, the train cars being like of the, the Jewish exactly. people taken to the concentration camps, which probably not a dissimilar, uh, idea. Right. Cause they, what were, what were they being guilty of being Jewish? Right. Like, so Yeah. And, so, and we're going to get into some similar ideas here, yeah. which I understand, at least from the your first gaze here, I'm not supposed to be here. Please help me out. Like yeah. A lot of people would be, you know, diffusing the situation like, I, 
maybe I've done something wrong, but who is this guy? He doesn't know. He's just a transport here. Yeah, of course you're going to try to convince the guy and be like, yeah, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. See, right. You know? Yeah. So I get that. So Johnny, Johnny's aware though. And since it's his first day on the job, you know, he has a lot of questions, rightfully so. Right. So, uh, anyway, so then, um, as they go, they, they take them to, um, to the drop-off point or whatever hell is, uh, the outside, the, the initial part of it looks okay. It looks like a gated community. And there's a brief bit where Johnny asks Pete, he's like, oh, he's like, well, that doesn't look so bad. And then Pete's like, yeah, it calms him down. I'm like, oh God, that's horrible. <laughs> like, they're like, hey, everybody, welcome. You're going to be in a gated community. But like one you can never leave, but it's like, it looks kind of nice on the outside. And then you go inside and it becomes like, I don't know, um, gangs of New York, of uh, like how, like every, it's like these, like, like, like large structures upon structures, upon structures that, um, they just basically there to drop them off. But while they're dropping off these people, um, you're seeing that there is, um, there's, there's a revolt going on of, these lost souls, like kind of running for, you know, running for their lives, quote unquote, and also like revolting and fighting against like their handlers and like the people, like the dudes with the masks and the whips and everything. Like it's, uh, it's, uh, pretty, you know, pretty intense. And I like that. Uh, Johnny's like, Hey Pete, what should we do? And he's like, uh, we should drop off our cargo. And he says, let's get the hell out of here. And I'm like, come on, Pete, you know, let's, you know, you know, like you should be like, let's get the here out of here. I think that'd have been a better mm. statement. That yeah, that would have been a fun one. <laughs> but like but yeah, everything that's going on right now is like complete anarchy. And um so it's like we get Johnny who is kind of thrown into a tussle here with Well he, I don't see, know, he like, sees a bunch of people piling on somebody who's just so he's trying his instinct is like whoever's being beat up, I need to help them. And he pulls people away. It turns out it's like one of like I I, I keep calling them handlers. I don't know what else to call it, like the workers with the helmets and stuff. It's like hamburglers. Hamburglers. Yeah. Like what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, like there's, yeah. there's a bit of a mask that's going on here, but it's like, it just looks like, um, like a very neutral, like skin tone. Like you're not like, there's no real tone to it or anything. Like there's nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it, they're well, not, they don't look like monsters, but they don't look according, like, according like to humans. the commentary track, uh, Paul Tucker kind of wanted everybody to look like they were in late stage skin cancer, like, you know, melanoma, okay. which kind of makes sense. Right. And then also like when they speak, they sound like they have like lung cancer, like all of that kind of tracks, like once you kind of figure out the intent, right? Like, okay, I can kind of get with that. So they're all kind of like they're human, but like, you know, they're, they love smokes. They love they love the smokes, right? You know, they all belong in the original Twilight Zone. Anyway, because of Oasis, <laughs> Oasis cigarettes, right? No, um, no yeah, right. So, uh, but yeah, this, as he's trying, this is the aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> this is season uh, season 18. season eighteen of Twilight Zone, <laughs> brought to you by Camel Reds. Uh, so no, um, so. Uh, <laughs> He, he tries to help whatever this is, and it turns out that it's one of the handlers, but he gets, like, chucked and, like, tossed, like, uh, pretty far. It's it's pretty uh, pretty nice little stunt seeing him get pitched. But then um, you get the vibe, and it's not quite clear until you watch it a second time, which I think is also one of the main, main drawbacks. I did like this segment the first time, but then watching it a second time, some of it made a little bit more sense, where since he isn't the same as them, people are coming up to him and basically confessing their sins like he can help. And that's, I think, I mean, it's a little clunky, but I think it's effective. 
it's it's clunky. <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially in the sense that he doesn't look quite different from them either. You know, it's like if they look so drastically different, then I would understand it. But here they all are coming up one at a time too. It's like I I don't know that. I, I, and everything seems so muddy too. Like it was so dark. Yeah. You know, it's like the tone for everything that was going on here. We could have used a little bit more accent lighting mm-hmm. or something. Like I don't know. Like I, I think there were some poor choices here in cinematography. That's that, that's true. I think I, I would argue that the 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 muddy like choices for the series as a whole were different for television at the time. But since it was shot on film, but then transferred to video, that's I mean that's what it looks like, right? It doesn't it doesn't hold up well. It's really hard to see. Um, I do think you're right. I think some more lighting. Cause like all that stuff was on a soundstage. Uh, the soundstage that they shot it on was actually the same one that, um, that they used, uh, for night crawlers. So they already blew up a diner. So like, come on, like you can, you could just move some of that out of the way and add some lights. You'd be fine. It's fine. And, okay. and this sequence especially felt very, uh, like theatrical more than cinematic. So like we're like getting a, like a stage just, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like we're getting, uh, kind of one after the other, just kind of professing like these sins to him. It's like that. I don't know. That just didn't seem. It's the very, right way to handle. Yeah, this. You're right. It's very uh, like soliloquy. Soliloquy. That's the word. I can't say it right. Like basically, people like like saying, like they have their bit of like talking about what's going on. Like and it's like a brief aside, but they're all confessing this to him. But then that's when we get um uh, was it um oh Jesus what's his name Mr Frick. Um, who shows up it was like hey 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 we got gary gary frick right yeah um, he's like hey everybody leave he helps alone. him out of there yeah. he helps him up like this ladder where he's kind of like ice downed and he's he's injured basically at this point too mm-hmm. johnny that is but then like gary pulls him aside he's like hey you know like telling him like what's going on and then uh but then gary eventually admits he was like yeah i used to actually be a driver like yourself but then i got moved up into like upper management but then you know I started to kind of see like there's things not going on that are, are good because he's like the guy upstairs isn't making all the decisions. Basically, he's saying God's not judging these people; somebody else is. And he's like, and I was like raising like you know like my like I was raising this issue. He's basically a whistleblower, and then suddenly he dies in a car crash and ends up getting sent to what he reveals is called the low road. So he's now amongst those that are lost, even though he, I mean, he doesn't ever question why he belongs there because he used to be a ferryman himself basically. But he's like, yeah, um, something's not right because, um, there's a lot of rubber stamping going on. That's not his words, but that's the vibe you get. There's people being judged unworthy that probably don't belong. Um, and then at one point and it's real quick and it looks like he kisses Johnny on the ear, but he, but he, like, but he reveals some information and he goes away real quickly. But then, uh, was it Pete shows up with like one of the other demon helper guys and was like, Oh, like we're going to get out of here. Are you good? And it's like, yeah. And then the helper was like, who, who were you talking to? And the Johnny's like, I think his name was Pete, you know? And he's like, okay, well, upper management wants to talk to you. And he's like, all right, I don't know what's going on. Sure. So yeah, like this yeah. troll that is in his own helmet. It's himself too. Like he's pissed <laughs> off. He's like, What's going on over here? And it's like, <laughs> calm down, <laughs> man, Jack. <laughs> it's you like, know, like, <laughs> <chill me. laughs> 
yeah. Like, yeah. Like, dude, I'm doing my job, but yeah. like, if you need answers, like, chill out. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Give me a pack of smokes. I like that uh, we're two steps away from like Sling Blade there. And it's just like, who? <laughs> You're like, who are you talking to, Pete? You're like, just. <laughs> You you know what we have here in hell? French fried taters. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um that, <laughs> so I mean I mean it was pretty damn close, honestly. Yeah, Cause yeah. like this fish face comes over fish, and he's fish like face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've heard the phrase recently ha- ha- uh, Heaven's fish face uh, comes no. over, he's like, I'm a representative. Um, like, so maybe maybe this will fit better. I heard this phrase recently that somebody that was from uh, from England they said they 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 showed a picture of somebody as listening to a separate podcast. And they said they have a face like a freshly slapped ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't ours. No, it wasn't God. ours. But isn't that an amazing? Is that an but amazing? I guess way? I'll take that blame. I guess. <laughs> like no, Sorry, like guys. Like all right, look at this. Look at this demon guy. He has the face of the a freshly slapped ass. ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> fish face works though i like that thank you for that 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 uh that did my heart good so um so then johnny gets pulled up to like you know um up to upper management that's when we meet um uh what's his name um how it's it's john delancey's character and i think he's called dispatcher uh, dispatch dispatch manager whatever uh yeah so so then yeah go ahead yeah yeah it's the dispatcher at least for IMDb's credits here, that's uh, what he's being called. <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I kept calling him management. That's what I, that's what I kept just writing. So then, um, as Johnny's talking to him, and like you know, he like uh, the dispatcher was like, "Hey, he's like, thank you for helping out. We see that you're you're a company man. You know, blah 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 blah." And then we find out that like um, that his viewpoint is that he's now recently taken over this job that the person before him viewed this as a job so there could be potentials for compromise because like you know like hey you know some things uh, sometimes you know there's there there's more there's gray than there's just black and white but we find out that this guy john lancy's character is like i don't know if he's a true believer but it's almost like those people that keep like whatever you hear about a company that goes into like foreclosure um you bring in that person that is like the money man that doesn't care and is going to cut everything just like basically he doesn't care about the humanity it's all about the bottom line that's the vibe i get from him i don't know if he truly truly believes of like his worldview but that's the way he justifies his decisions for letting things go the way they've been going you see and i'm actually really curious about this uh this space that they're existing in so is this like heaven's like uh hr yeah. Or is this Power Rangers headquarters it, where Zortan is the leader because that's the exact same space that it, they're being filmed in? Um, well, yeah, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, was, I used to watch uh, Power Rangers back when I was a younger. So, but you're saying a lot of that, like a lot of the American stuff was shot in California, which would make sense from what we're seeing from this. Yeah. Um, like but, wherever yeah. their space is, I'm like, Dude, that's like that's the Power Rangers, like 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 that's their safe haven or whatever. <laughs> like, like I was like, yes, yes. I was like as I'm that's sitting funny. there watching them have this serious discussion, I was like, 
Power Rangers. Hell yeah. <laughs> go, go truck driver guys. I don't know what that means. Uh, so, um, but hell no, drivers, but hell drivers. Uh, so that, if that would have been the name of this episode, I'd have been like, you know, chef's kiss. That'd have been amazing. But, um, but like the idea, it's like, also, I think that, I think that this guy, the dispatcher, I think he believes, but it's also like, you get the idea that he wants to run a tight ship and then he doesn't even want to consider that there's gray. Right. Like, I think that for him, it's all about like, you know, being as efficient as possible. Um, if somebody doesn't even belong on the low road, well, screw them. They're going to go anyway. Not my job to wonder about how they got there. Our job is just to keep moving product. Right. That's the vibe I get from him. It's like, you know, if Steve Jobs wasn't uh, not Steve Jobs. Um, well, yeah, that too. But I like um, uh, Jeff Bezos was like, ah, you know, I don't care about people. Units. Um, units. Yes. Right. That's the way I kind of feel. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to anymore. Like a lot of these guys and these corporate entities and that they don't give a shit about the people that are like moving things along. They just care about the numbers. They care about the units. Well, and then also I I could see that like Mm -hmm. aligning, especially today. Like, I mean, here we are in 2023 while we're recording this. It doesn't really change. (laughs) And then also the idea that the hell that they're talking about isn't necessarily hell in the sense of like, you know, pitchforks and torches. It's more like it's just basically cold storage. Like they're just moving them to the hell that they're in is the hell of their own creating. And then even the, the manager here, the, the, you know, the dispatcher was like, you know, like, like humans have been in charge of hell, like that, you know, that kind of tracks. Uh, but listening to the commentary track between um, uh, Alan Brenner and um, oh, was it Greg Bear, they talk about how like they're trying to put like the thumb in the eye of the moral majority at the time, meaning like Jerry Falwell and like this rising like Christian like like conservatism, where like yeah, I can see that too, which is funny because it's like oh man, this is really quaint compared to the things that we're dealing with now, and how they were worried that this was going to be the part of the script that was controversial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you had no idea what was coming. Um, but they're trying to basically be like, you don't legitimately care about people. You just want to get your message across. That's the vibe I get from this guy, the person that's running everything. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually think it kind of gets muddled here in a second. So For we'll sure. kind of get into that in a moment. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but go, go ahead, please. Yeah. So like, uh, we kind of move along down the lines and then we get, um, we get Jerry or I'm sorry, uh, Johnny transporting all the, the units. Well, but much. first though, but like after, after, um, the, the dispatcher's like, do you understand? And the giant's like, yeah, he's like, you know what? I, I do think I have a purpose here. Basically he was like, he kind of, he kind of see, he sees the game for what it is. Right. So we get the vibe that he, He's going to be good with management, but like he, like you get the idea. It's like, I think you're saying bullshit, right? That's the vibe we get. But then on his next, he gets a run by himself, right? That's what you're talking about. What happens after this? Yeah. And so like on his run, he kind of stops it down the line and he, and so basically these, these trucks that they're transporting everybody, I don't know if we've really said this, but they, they're more like cattle car. So you can see through into like like the, into the individuals and that like you can communicate with them pretty easily and as uh, johnny's going down the line he's like hey what made you go down to to the low road i think he says yes. so what made you go on the low road and so like one guy says like oh i cheated 
You know, I was like, <laughs> no, know. wait, wait, no, I got it. One's like, one's like, huh, I killed a cop. <laughs> and then the other guy was like, so the other guy's like, I'm going to misquote this, but he's like, I did a bunch of rape and stuff. You're like, okay, good. You stay on the truck. You don't, you know, you're good, sir. Thank you. We're good. And I, I, I will say though, that the, the makeup changes in this sequence as well. So yeah. there's a little bit more lighter tones. They make people like more paled out. Um, it's, it, it's kind of harder to distinguish during the night sequence. So uh, they probably tried to do that, but it didn't really read through. But here we see a little bit for uh, like yeah. a little closer. So like, as he goes a little further down the line, he actually discovers like, there's like some people with genuine, like, I don't know why I'm here. I didn't really feel like I did anything wrong as opposed to the like two individuals or three individuals before. It's like one said, like, you know, I did drugs in that. Like, well, the, the, let me point out that he talks to an older lady and then she was like, I don't know what happened. She's like, I was a librarian that fought against book banning. So I'm like, God damn it. 2023. Like, please don't say yeah, that. Well, you, that you, I mean, that rings true right now like, that you didn't live in Florida. Like I uh, just, you know, like she fought against like, like she basically was like, you know, like these are the things I fought against. I don't know why I'm here. And then we find out that, um, was it the, the one lady you said that she was like a drug user, but you know, like she did realize like, you know, like she's like, can, can I go to hell for being stupid? You know, like, you know, all right. And then, um, what was it? Uh, um, we get, we end up finding Brett Spiner's character saying he was a draft dodger. Uh, but then another guy, um, cause he, cause he like the, the draft dodger was like, I did want to go to war. So I went North. Like basically he's like, I didn't want to kill people. That's why I believe I've been judged. And then we get the one guy that was like, I don't know why I'm here. He's like, I couldn't possibly go on the low road for being gay. Could I I'm like, this was 86 when this came out. I, I hate that 2023 is like, there's some States where it's like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why. You L- know, L- yeah. Like quite literally hell. Hell yeah. yeah. Right. Like just get on that truck. Oh, what? You want to, you know, oh, that's just your, that's just your uh, preference. Get out of here. We're going to send you, we're going to send you to, you know, which whatever. is terrifying Yeah, because I mean, if, if, if there's anybody who's listening to this and who has aligned themselves in any sort of way, religiously, and that believes that there, there is a heaven, think about that. Like really think about this. Somebody wants you to go there. They want you to go there. Like, and that's a scary and divisive thought too. Meaning like, what you're saying. If somebody believes in heaven, that, that they want you to go to hell because you're different than right. them is what you're saying. Like, uh, yeah, you are, you are on the, you are on the outside looking yeah. in and like, yeah. I, I, like I, I, I don't know. Right? Like we don't align with those thoughts at all. And like, I actually thought this was like a really like, it was it was it was overwhelming. It was actually overwhelming to watch this part. Like I don't know if the execution was the best. Uh, For sure, it was done the best way. But like, I understand the message completely, and there was something to be taken away from this. And I'm actually glad that there was a little bit more um, time given to this storyline because we had more to think about what the motives were, what the storyline was and like why Johnny is here. You know, like this was all given a little bit more time to flush out. Mm -hmm. You know, I agree with that. I think that's completely fair. So he, um, instead of, I think it's funny. He took the four or five of them off the truck that he deemed worthy. I also like that he didn't talk to everybody. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, I want to be the one guy and be like, oh, um, I, um, I ate the meat on Fridays and I'm Catholic during Lent. Like, ah, screw you. You're, you're going to hell. Uh, anyway, you know, like, <laughs> well, I actually, I would have been kind of pissed off too. Cause I would have been like, I wait, wait, I was on the other side. Like, um, I, I have a stomach ache and I just woke up. Like, I don't know. Like, well, like, why can't I get a? I want to be like. I want to be like. Well, what? Why do you think you're on the lower? It's like I don't know. I really like the Big Bang Theory. Well, okay, fine. You're staying on the truck. We won't talk about that. Oh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Somehow you have a vendetta against me, and you it came back around now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. I mean, of all the things, I you know love who you want. <laughs> But that's 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 a bridge Did too I far. Did I do you wrong over Wasteland for some reason? No, you didn't do anything wrong over the convention we went to. No, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, if if you think the Big Bang Theory is funny, then I think you deserve the low road. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, mm. uh, you know, I'm sorry. Um, hashtag judged. I don't know what that means. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there you go, folks. All uh, right, there you go. You know, Welcome everybody to the last I, I episode of our show. Um, Terry's going to go on. Um, a truck ride to the low road and I'm just going to sit here. I will also like, wouldn't it be funny if I'm on the same truck with you? And it's like, Oh, why are you here? Well, cause I judged my friend unfairly. <laughs> like, <that would> be <laughs> like <laughs> You and every Seinfeld. Uh, I, I, hey, I didn't say anything about Seinfeld. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, well, it, I know it, I'm, it, I'm, it, I'm just you know. saying Seinfeld fans. I mean, you know, <laughs> I do enjoy it, but I'm not like, you know, anyway, I can, we both agree that people, that believe that there's only one sitcom and it's called The Office need to watch a second sitcom. Can we both agree on that? I no? Don't like, I don't like The Office. That's what I'm saying. Like, people that are like, oh, The Office. Like, can you watch another one? Please and thank you. As, That's as soon saying. as you mention the, the Office, I somehow shut down. All right, I don't well, know what well. it is. <laughs> that, that's what he said. I don't know what that means. Anyway, so continue. So we get um, we get him. Uh, and I also want to point out during the commentary track when Johnny like opens the back of the truck and lets the four or five of them off, and he wanders away for a second. Um, both um, uh, was it um, Alan Brenner and uh, Greg Bear? Are like it's so nice that everybody stays in the truck and doesn't run away. <laughs> like they don't just fill out the back and just go because he's walking away for a second. I thought that was funny that they both called out how weird that was. Um, but he goes and takes the four or five of them. He's like, listen, I know where the high road is, you know, go this way, um, go five miles, take a left at Pismo beach and then, you know, head up, like go that way. And he sends them on their way. So we find out that Johnny has found his purpose, that he is going to be this uh, truck driver, this, you know, uh, the river sticks ferryman taking souls to hell. But also he, he believes that since, God is too preoccupied and that upper management is not going to listen. He's going to make those decisions. He's found his purpose of finding his own like genuine kindness to actually try to get those away to the high road. And that's the end of the story, which all things considered, I think is a, is a uh, interesting and good ending for, for Johnny's character. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I, I found there, there was definitely some things that I liked about this episode, mm -hmm. but I wish it wouldn't have existed so close to um, what was the the other like Grim Reaper episode? Rather, I guess it was Grim Reaper centric. What was the one we just covered it? Um, what do you mean? Like, um, go further into that. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. There was the the one that we just talked about, and like the guy who's like. There's the small town and he left. And oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a welcome to Winfield or whatever it was where, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, we just, 
we literally just talked about that. I was like, do we need something that like talked about like just forgiving people? Like, oh, I guess we're not going to send them to their, you know, their end of days, whatever the hell that means. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think we could have put some more distance between that and what we just talked about. Fair enough. I mean, that I, was yeah, that was just recent too. Th- that's true. You're right. That that did come somewhat recently. Uh, but at least the, since this one was played more straight faced and actually had some kind of consequences attached to it, I didn't really think about that one so much. But you're right. They're they're um, like they're not far away from each other. Like, I mean, in terms of like ideas. You're right. I agree with that completely. My frustration yeah, is with so this. That was yeah. episode 17, yeah. uh, segment A. And yeah. so here we are, segment B of episode 19. So only, like, was it two, three weeks apart? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, again, like, I know that they kind of space things out in a, in a certain way with, like, um, how, like, the, the time runs were and all that stuff. I don't think that they really actually put effort into like when they thought about certain storylines should have existed. I agree. And that pisses me off because I think there's some real um, reasoning about putting certain storylines into certain episodes, like be it like, well, this is the first segment and this being the last segment. And then like, otherwise, like we've talked about that multiple times, but I think they really, like stubbed their toe on this one. Yeah. I think they were more looking for what would fit the broadcast block as opposed to tonality. So I agree with you on that. I think they were looking for like, how do we get this hour of television put together? What, what run times do we have? Um, but that you're right. That doesn't necessarily serve. Um, like if this would have been like, you know, if, if this would have been like a double together with grandma, this would have been a banger of an hour of, te- of television, right? We didn't need oh, yeah. to. Yeah. So dark um, as hell, but yeah, yeah, it would have been great. Yeah. Uh, but I, I see your point. Um, so with that being said, I just, I'm not saying this is perfectly executed. The, 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 the direction of the episode is a little weird, but I'd also, as much as, um, uh, Alan Brenner kind of like, wasn't as super enthusiastic about the directing of this, he wrote the teleplay. So you like, he gets to choose some, like some of this too, I don't think this is the strongest of teleplays, but there, there are meat on these bones that I really, really dug. And I, I just, I knew that getting to talk to you about it, that the idea that there's somebody that's kind of at like, you know, they're at the end and they don't have any other jobs. It's like, well, I do have a job for you. You're not going to like it. What's that driving souls to hell? Like that's, that's a really interesting idea, right? I think that's a cool idea. It's interesting, but like, it makes me wonder. Or so, like, are they implying that Johnny was the driver of the truck, and then he died while doing his job? But because he knows how to drive a truck, somehow his Pete is enlisting him to be the new driver. I, I don't think that's the case because then we find out, like, in the truck stop, the one guy that was talking about like the shit going on. He's like, you know, there's rumblings. He's like, and you know, if like, you know, if you, if, if, if basically it's applied, like if you, if you, um, he, he's basically saying, we know we're all like damned because we're doing this job and we're going to end up on the low road. And even Pete, not Pete, um, the gentleman that he talks to in, um, you know, in hell, right. The one guy, Merle. Yeah, Mer, uh, was it Mer, not Merle? Um, 
Oh, oh, Gary, Gary, Gary yeah. was a driver and then worked in management and then ended up on the low road. So he was alive until his car crash. I think Johnny's alive for this. I think this is his chance to try to like, you know, right. His wrongs of being like, um, an absolute terrible truck driver. <laughs> like, so okay. that's my, yeah, that, my, yeah. The, the way I kind of figured it was that Johnny was the driver in the beginning. Yeah. And he was the one trying to get around the the car and he somehow died but because of his skill set that he is now a transport see that would have been and, interesting too if like if he went up to management and then like oh what do you want me to do it's like well you've been dead this entire time you don't realize it you don't have a choice like that would have been well maybe you know. maybe that again like pete being like the guy to ease him into his new profession mm-hmm. like and that's what i gathered from it if i'm if i'm wrong then uh, somebody I, tell me wrong. I, the, no, the, the way this thing's written and presented, there's a lot of ways to take it for sure. But I just, I don't know, man. Like I also, um, and we'll get into the trivia in a second for the commentary tracks. Um, there, there's something here that at first it seems a little odd, but then once you get into like the humanity side of it feels very, like very twilight zone because now you have somebody dealing with like the morality of it, which is mm-hmm. what I, which is what I dug. Which I mean, meaning, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I completely agreely, 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 we are agreely. Yes, I, 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 I agree greatly with that. Like uh, this feels, it, it's been a while since we've had something like this, especially for this uh, version of the Twilight Zone. It feels so much more like what the initial, like what Rod Serling would have wanted to do with it. Like this feels like a Serling storyline, little good or bad, like little tweakings. This would have been something that he would have presented to an audience. Yeah, for sure. So I think there, I think there's something here. I think there's some interesting, um, the, the commentary here. Is this the most perfect uh, sequence or our segment? Not at all, but is it kind of a breath of fresh air to actually have something that's a little different and like actually asking questions and challenging a little bit? Absolutely. So I'm glad here we are. We we're challenging each other in this last five minutes. Right. Look at that. Look at us. Right. So, um, so, uh, any other thoughts before I get into some of like what I learned from the commentary track, there's some funny stuff here. No, I, I, I'd love to hear what you have to say. So, so, uh, the commentary track was uh, Alan Brenner and Greg bear, the gentleman who wrote the story. He actually was on set for a lot of the shooting, uh, which is, which is great. Cause he seemed really grateful for a lot of it. And it seemed like it was just, I mean, imagine that you write a thing, and you're like, oh, I'm watching this actually get made. That's pretty cool, right? So uh, he originally pitched this uh, as a short story to the Twilight Zone magazine, and they rejected it saying it wasn't Twilight Zone material, which I think is funny. And then Brenner was like, no, 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 we should put this part of the show. So the fact that like it, it is now part of Twilight Zone, like the production, but the magazine said it wasn't Twilight Zone enough is funny to me. Um, so then... Um, like I mentioned, Paul Tucker, the director also controlled the budget for the series. And he was the one that was like directing this. Um, (laughs) so, uh, one thing I'll mention during the, um, the, the scene at the diner, um, one of, one of the truckers there, uh, was an actor that actually went up to, um, went up to Greg bear on set and hit him up for a loan. Cause he, cause Greg was like, you know, looked like he, he was the writer of the episode. So this guy was like, Oh, he must have money. (laughs) <laughs> which I think is funny. 
like dude just walked up and asked for a loan and he was like he was like inopportune there he's like i'm the writer i don't have money (laughs) that was great right um so they didn't really produce anything else yeah so um so the only problem that cbs had uh was with um the one line about the character saying he was gay and so the guy who was like the main person that was the liaison between um, the the show and CBS was like, ah, you know, don't know how I feel about this. He didn't expressly say no, but he was heavily implying like, maybe don't do that. So it turns out this gentleman actually uh, was running an acting class uh, that it was like a couple nights a week. Right. So then <laughs> um, uh, was it uh, Daguerre? Uh, sorry, Alan Brenner and, and the company when they were casting this, they found an actor to play the role of the like credited as gay man that was from the acting class of the guy that was like the network censor. So basically it's just like, Oh, but one of your acting students is actually in this role. And so he couldn't say no to it. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Because they said they they actually, they they auditioned a number of people and they're like, you know, it just worked out that he was the right one. But it was like that that nice little bit of like, you don't like this, but you don't want to stifle your own student's career. (laughs) That is, that is really funny to me that like he eventually signed off on it because he didn't want to tell one of his acting students, you can't have a role because I disagree with it. Yeah. I think that's funny. I I, I think it's really funny. I I, I actually think that's great that they, they didn't take out that part. Yeah. I think the execution was a little weird and how it was presented and that, but I'm glad that they had something to say about that, especially. And uh, one of the notes that I did find on here on the trivia, it says that the Alliance of Gay and Lesbian Artists Association applauded the acceptance, uh, the accepting message towards homosexuality in uh, dead run. Yeah. So, cause it was very like, forward thinking. And this is also whenever, uh, the AIDS epidemic was starting to like, explode. Right. Yeah. And you want to talk about a group of people that were being, um, for like purposely forgotten about, right? Like this was, again, I'm not saying that this is like the most perfect twilight zone segment, but you know, there's times it's that giving a different voice now at this point now and, and planning a flag socially to let, you know, to let people think about things. So I do respect that a hell of a lot. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like this is kind of a forward movement, you know, 86, this episode comes out. This is a progression. And like, and, and, and especially when we exploit like what people feel about homosexuality and that it's like, yeah, because with the it, guy it, being it, like, this is a yeah, powerful message. Yeah, but basically being like, I was a good person. I couldn't possibly be sent to hell just because, you know, I have a different sexual orientation than a number of other people. I don't know. Like that's, whew, right? Like that. Like I, I hate that it was, um, like you know, it, it's something that should have been like more commonplace in terms of like media, and, and it, it eventually did. It eventually is now, right? But now we're at a point now where there's so many parts of our country that keep going goddamn backwards because of stupid, stupid, stupid reasons. Right. Like just, I I don't like that. This is a lesson that just, we've talked about this before. Like, especially when we talked about, was it the episode from original series? What was it? Um, Oh, um, was it? Um, the, the one where the, the cloud was hanging over the town. Um, was it? Oh, um, 
yeah, um, color it was, uh, uh, season five. Yeah, yeah. The the night is dark. Color me black or whatever it's called. Something like color that. color me black. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna look this up specifically because I'm gonna screw up the name. Yeah. Um, but that was one. It's like, oh god, like that's saying a lot, right? Um, uh, I am night. Color me black from season five of the original series, where it's like, holy shit, like that's again not a perfect episode, but it's like, oh, you, th- you know, it's yeah, been, the message, like, well, maybe we sh- we should have learned from. Oh, we didn't. Spoiler, we didn't learn from then. Uh, same thing with a spoiler, we didn't learn from that. So yeah, there's, I'm not, again, I'm not holding this up and like the, is this the greatest uh, thing of the twilight zone I've ever seen? No, but I do like that. Elise is taking swings at things. So I do appreciate that. Yeah. It, it has a message. And I, I think there is, this is a, probably a lot more clear of a message than we've gotten in a lot of these episodes within the 80s series of the twilight zone. I, I think some of the, the story's a little bit muddled and you know, and that can't really be the fault of the series because we're going to get into some more episodes here. I think there is just a matter of like people stepping on other people's toes, but this one, I'm glad no one gave up and there's something here. There, there really is something here. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we had this conversation, Paul. I think there is a lot to really, uh, look into and, kind of reflect on and it doesn't also kind of give you like that that brief moment of like oh like we we're we're getting to like the like these brief bits of like res, you know, respite of like oh this has been a weird run but there's still like like good content as opposed to us just you know being silly and like you know i don't know it's easy to tear apart it's easy to joke which i know we do we have our fun with our things right but like mm-hmm. it's just nice every so often to get that like that like oh you know Twilight Zone social commentary it doesn't have to have it every single time, but when it does it, you know when it when it does do it, it does it pretty well, and I think that's well, important here. You're damn right, and you know, like somebody, hell somebody yeah, for the most part. Can I get a hell yeah? Is that what you're saying? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like it's it's like you know like here we are, we're talking about these things, and we do poke fun at some of the stuff, and it's like it it all is for the greater good. We are doing this. Paul and I have been doing this for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, good or bad, these are these are things that we hold dear to these our These are the days our of our lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we really want to bring some yeah. good conversation to the folks here. And if you are listening and you've been listening to us for a while, this is one of those episodes you should you should be present for. Like I actually enjoyed this. I'm glad that this was a part of our discussion. I enjoyed watching this and you know, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really important because there are some important messages here. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, I think, I think it's going to do it for our discussion about dead run, which by the way, trivia dead run is whenever, um, a, I supposedly the lingo is that a truck driver, once they're done with their haul, it's their trip back home where they're like, they're not, um, hauling anything. It's called a dead run. Um, uh, there's also a phrase that, um, uh, tow trucks use called uh, deadhead miles where they, they, um, they take, like they take their car to wherever they're going. And then the drive home is called, like they call it a deadhead, which is weird. Right. But creepy, mm. but I like it. Right. So anyway, so, um, so yeah. Um, all right, that's going to do it for the discussion. Are we ready to rate that twist? I think we, like, like whatever, whatever the twist is, let's just read it. Let's do it. <laughs> 
twist rating as always is one through five, meaning one uh, we saw from a mile away and five being mind blowing. It does not affect our feel of the episode. Uh, that there's something where we found out this dude's like, you know, hauling souls to hell and has some questions about it. Well, one, I didn't, whenever I started watching this, I didn't know this was where this was going. So I'm going to give that a three that I didn't realize it would become an issue of a trucker uh, taking souls to hell. That was uh, unexpected. I'll give it a three. I'll give it all a one, man. I had nowhere to like gauge this, like the, the, just like the concept, the title, I, I had no idea. Like, it's a one for me. It surprised me. Oh, I mean, one as in, like, you mean five. I think you mean, like, five meaning, like, mind-blowing, or, like, one as in you had you saw from a mile away? Uh, I guess five. I there guess five would be. Yes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect any of this. Okay. It was all mind-blowing. <laughs> Okay, cool. No, I'm glad that you dug it. Um, um, is it, is it the, like, once you, once you get past the premise that they're really like the, the, twi- I mean, the twist is quote unquote, like the, the journey of the person making a decision, which, you know, we would all hope that Johnny would make the right decision, but yeah, I don't like, I really dug the segment. Um, so, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, dead run. You guys can find us on Facebook at uh, strange, uh, strange highways, we're always posting weird images there, uh, having a lot of fun. Um, you guys can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcastgmail.com if you want to send us some direct feedback or comment on our Facebook page. Like I see all that as well. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. I know that's easier said than done, but the big thing is if you like listening to us and you think other people would enjoy it, please let other people know because uh, you know, like every everybody has a podcast right now. I you know I'm pretty sure that like you know if we said hey. Uh, it was the, 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 the big boy statue from the big boy restaurants has its own podcast. Probably does. I don't know. Everything has a podcast. Uh, but if you like this one and it's part of your regular rotation, let other people know the more the merrier, we'd greatly appreciate it. So wherever you find it, share, um, you know, review us and then Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Well, Hey folks, we're still on Instagram. We're still posting and, uh, hopefully you're still following. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, if you're on there, uh, thank you. If you're, you're not, if you're new to all this, dude, seriously, like give us a like, give us a follow on all the social media. Um, if you just found us by happenstance, like somebody shared it to you, uh, give them a big thank you because, uh, they're doing their due diligence. They're sharing the wealth. Like, uh, we do, we do a lot of work here. It, it's a labor of love. We, we do a lot of work here at Strange Highway, Strange Highways Industries, Worldwide Industries. Yeah. Not I'm, making yeah. any money. It's all. Yeah. It's all labor it's of love. Like, it's all like you know. Um, our wives are about to leave us. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it's a labor of love, and you know we do put our time and effort in. I would also challenge um, yeah everybody to be like, hey, you know what? Um, you know the Twilight Zone. That's pretty cool. It is. How many other Twilight Zone podcasts out there? have done it all we're, we're going to do it all and um you know good bad otherwise um so appreciate that we're going to put our you know put our hip waiters on and get into the muck right how many other oh, yeah true. how yeah. many other like, twilight zone, messing yeah. around yeah how many other uh, twilight zone podcasts have covered opening day i'm going to guess zero of them i've watched there's probably 50 of them but in terms of the 80s i don't see much pr- representation out there right so look We've just found a wonderful little segment. They don't know about it because they're like, if it's not black and white, it's not for me. Well, screw you. You've missed out. 
Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, if your conception of the Twilight Zone is only the black and white stuff, or if you know somebody who only has watched the Twilight Zone from the 60s, Give them this. Yes. Give, give them this episode. <laughs> this give them one. some of yeah. the stuff. Not, not some of the other ones. <laughs> not some of the other, yeah. like, not some of the other, like, they need to, you know, it's like, it's, it's like the trap of like, you know, come on in here. Like, you know, like this, enjoy this one. Yeah. Yeah. Shh, ignore some of the other stuff, but you know, but I always appreciate the conversation with Terry. Uh, he's one of my, one of my best buds, one of my best friends, uh, a brother. And I hope you guys also enjoy the conversation. The The exploration and the journey is worth it, regardless of how we feel about the individual segments. We say that all the time. But yeah, yeah this has been... Yeah, um, challenge yeah. yourself. Challenge yes. yourself to watch some of the other stuff. I mean, again, if, if you've followed this this far, thank yeah. you. But you like you have... You've also challenged yourself too. So yeah, and give somebody else that yeah, challenge. Recommend things for us to watch too, because this is an ongoing thing, right? So we're always, yeah, we're always open to stuff, yes. Yeah, we. It's been a while since we've gotten a challenge. Like, yeah. I mean, if it's even if it is like anthology based, like uh, movies, or I mean, like it's been a bit. It's been a minute. So, like, I like Paul and I are seething. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it's almost, it's almost as if we're uh, in the back half, and it, this is now a dead run to the end of the season. <laughs> That's what I feel like yeah. where we're at with this. We're getting there. We're like. Terry, I promise you, we're getting there because um, we're. I think there's we got 24. Far, brother, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll make it, even yeah. if we don't get any of those challenges from our listeners. Yeah, but like I promise you, once we get done with this first season of the '80s edition, we'll take we'll take a break for a minute and do some other stuff because I think we'll deserve a little bit of a victory lap. But yeah, um, yeah, please. Everybody, if you enjoy this, let us know. If other things to cover, we will enjoy that too. So um, let's talk about what we're doing next. And now. Mr. Serling. Oasis Cigarettes. I'm kidding. That's not what we're doing. Uh, so next episode is Season 1, Episode 20, Segment A, Profile in Silver. Um, that doesn't tell Terry anything at all what this means. Um, we'll get there when we get there. Uh, as I've already revealed that I've watched the rest of the season because my power, my internet went out the one day. So whenever you have DVDs of The Twilight Zone, that's all you got. So... Um, uh, you know, Terry, I'll just say, I'll tell you this. It's going to be relatively even sailing until the very end of the season. Does that, does that give you hope? I mean, that's, that's better than what I've kind of expected. <laughs> honestly, yeah. Cause like this was a, a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah. last, actually the last two, I, I will, I will say yeah, the, the Leprechaun was, was a lot of fun in terms of a full hour television episode 19 of the original season, sorry, of season one of the 80 series was fun, right? Like you got your Leprechaun artist and then you got dead run. That's a very satisfying hour of television in terms of what it is. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so yeah, um, profile and silver next week. Um, we'll get there when we get there. I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to temper Terry's expectations. Um, but I know what's going on. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Um, uh, have have a safe week. Um, I don't know if you – I got nothing. I, I'd say don't be an asshole, but that doesn't guarantee you're not going to go to the low road. But also um, don't light cigarettes with the palm of your hand because that implies a lot of really bad things have happened to you. For God's sake, don't judge your fellow man.
didn't they send you to hell for being stupid? 